uh, three weeks before <laughs> before homecoming. So if you are not planning to, to go to homecoming on the first Sunday of the month of June, change your plans. Because if you're here today and you are invited to homecoming, be here. If you're watching, you're invited to homecoming, be here. Bring some people with you. Bring some food with you. Y'all, come on. Just love homecoming. Dad said that, the, that this is one of his favorite days, but whoo, homecoming. I mean, I love you, Mom, but <clears throat> homecoming. It's good stuff. So make sure that you are here for that. If you have not yet purchased your items for the month of May for our shoe boxes, then our item is uh, rainbow-colored things. So it could be markers, crayons, colored pencils, coloring books, anything like that. Please do bring those items. If you don't have time, give some money. If you don't have money, give a shoebox. We would love to have anything that you can that you can participate with. Uh, you may notice that the lights are dim. The well ambiance for one, and everyone looks uh, looks beautiful in the uh, in the dimmer light. But um, but it is because our projector. Um, Jeff changed the, it was going dim, and then he changed the bulb, hoping that would really help. It didn't. So he said to me this morning, we need a new projector. I said, all right, well, thank you, Jesus, that it lasted so long. He said, yeah, it lasted twice as long as it normally would have. It's normally between five and ten years, and this thing has lasted nearly 20. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, but also... We need a new one. So uh, if you, hey, if you just sitting around with uh, an extra whatever in your pocket, you're welcome to give that today in the offering. Just um, designate it for, for a new projector. But we will do our best to, uh, if we can get it here by next week, if it'll, it'll, if it'll make it, and if uh, we have some time and help to get it up there. We'll get it by next Sunday. But uh, any other announcements, we will surely let you know. Um, <laughs> it, it, this was a funny, but on, I, I, was, I was looking at a post on Instagram, and it said, Mother's Day is, uh, has the lowest crime rate of any day of the year. Now, this is that's not true. I double-checked it. It's not true. I wish it was. <clears throat> it said, Mother's Day has the lowest crime rate of any day of the year, and that just goes to show that all these mothers are out there doing all these crimes, <clears throat> not cool. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I thought, you know, we see y'all moms, we know what y'all are doing every other day, but this one. But the Lord knows what you're doing too, and sometimes it's, it's a discouraging job, right? <laughs> sometimes you wonder, oh golly, am I doing any of this right? And, and it's one of those jobs that you don't really know how well you're doing until much, much, much later. But we want to encourage you this morning. The Lord sees you, and he knows where you are. And anytime you are wondering or confused or, or needing wisdom, you can turn to him. Amen. Let's see this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. You are so good to us. We love you so much. God, we thank you and we praise you that you have given us this day to come and celebrate 
the, the mothers in our lives. God, and for those who do not have a mother, whether it's, it's from death or from uh, a, a bad relationship, God, I just pray that you would lift them up and give them encouragement, that they would be able to celebrate someone in their life who has that type of mother role. God, I pray that you would work and move in each and every person who came in this morning. We thank you for them. And God, there is no one who is here by accident, but each and every one of us are here because you have set a purpose for us. God, I thank you and I praise you that you have the power to bring healing and help and strength to each and every person. God, for those who came in with burdens or pain of any type, I just ask that before they leave today, they would be delivered, they would be healed, that they would be set free according to your will. God, we just want to lift you up and thank you for all your goodness and all that you do and all that you are. God, we worship you, we thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nation. He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. Heroes and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, and fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Lord, I surrender. He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. Heroes and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing. For the glory of the risen King, Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing. For the glory of the risen King, Savior, you can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation, heroes and 
grave, my Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, you can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's so good. Been so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Been so good. I love you, Your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice the fire in darkest nights you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God cause all my been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God your goodness is running your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is 
times all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful Lord all my life you have been so the goodness of God. I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. God, we praise you. We worship you this morning. You are so good.
and great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence, you've never failed. Your promise still stands, that great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence. You never fail me yet. You never fail me failed you and he never will give him a praise this morning thank you lord
know y'all were not used to seeing me up here, but since it's Mother's Day, I get to take the offering up today. <laughs> so if our usher will come forward, it's time to take our offering up. And thank you for all that you give. This is the most giving church, and you've always met the need, and I just thank God for each and every one of you. Father God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your goodness. Father, you've blessed us in so many ways. Father, and now it's a time for us to bring part of that money back to you, part of the blessings. And Father, I know your blessings are not always in money, but I thank you for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Day. Uh, Sister Joyner found this pamphlet, I think, in the church and asked me to read a page from it. Uh, so the title is There Are No Perfect Moms by Elise Arndt. Lord, I feel so undeserving of the children you have placed in my care. The responsibility of raising them for you is both awesome and overwhelming. I desire to be a perfect mom only to realize that my actions and reactions to the circumstances around me are anything but perfect. Remind me that there are no perfect moms, only forgiven ones. And despite my inadequacies and failures, you can still use me. Let my arms be your arms of comfort, my heart express your heart of compassion, and my voice be your mouthpiece of encouragement as I speak your words of love to my children. Use my faith, as little as it seems, to point them to you, the only perfect parent. Well, the advice that my mom always gave me that I passed on to my children is to always be kind, always mind your manners so that people know that you were raised right, not throwed at. And always remember to say please and thank you and be kind to everyone that you meet. And I said that part twice, because that's what she always said to us, was be kind. She reiterated that a lot, and uh, I did the same with, with mine. And I hope that little bit of advice helps you as well. Our mother, what advice did you give your children? I always told them to go shake a bush. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. My best mom advice is wear sunscreen, stay moisturized head to toe, stay hydrated, so drink plenty of water, don't text and drive, and 
Come home, because nothing good happens after midnight. My advice for mothers is to love your children every day of their life, every breath that they take, love them and support them and be kind and loving to them and have patience with them and let them know that they're the most important thing after God in your life and have been a blessing since the day they were born. God bless you. My advice uh, for my children um, really has just always been, no matter where you feel like you are uh, with God in your life, um, always say your prayers at the end of each day or throughout the day. Just say your prayers. Okay, my best mom advice is my mom said it to me when I was a little girl when I would lie. She would say, I know you're lying and you need to stop lying because lies will catch up with you and you will always find that, find out that you're lying. So when my kids were little and I knew they were lying to me, I would say the same thing to them. I would say, now, lie, don't tell lies because mom knows you're lying and you have to tell another lie to keep up with that lie and eventually your lies will catch up with you. And that was my best mom advice, is not to lie. <laughs> my motherly advice would have to be something that I repeat uh, frequently to my almost eight-year-old, is that we can't control what other people say and do. Um, no matter if it's a friend or someone at school or an adult or a movie or anything that we're hearing, uh, sometimes we get confused on why they can say or do something that maybe we can't but we need to know that we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus and we make the world a better place by controlling what we say and do and leading by example. So that would have to be my motherly advice. And just for Gretchen, um, when you're in Hobby Lobby, don't touch anything, it's breakable. that I will be getting Chandler when he gets a little older is to be a leader and not be a follower. Happy Mother's Day. My mom advice is consistency. Being consistent in all that you do, whether it be love or discipline. I have a great example of that through Jeffrey, how well it works. My mother gave me a lot of advice growing up one of the things that has served me well over the years is to treat others as you would have them have them treat you. She never treated one of her children any different than the other, even though she probably had her favorites like most <laughs> parents do, but she treated us all the same. At Christmas, she spent the same amount on each one of us, and that has stuck with me over the years, that you treat people equally and good. 
So the advice that I give my kids, I've give them this advice since they were little and I continue to give it to them today, is to always watch your surroundings because you never know who's watching you when you're not paying attention. Happy Mother's Day. Just um, not sure that I have a whole lot of advice for moms, but um, I have talked to a lot of mothers over the years and uh, mothers of all ages and I can tell you that I've never talked to a mom, um, old nor young, that thought she was doing everything correctly. Um, most of them have a lot of questions, a lot of regrets, and just wondering if they did things correctly. Um, and um, a lot of times as moms, uh, we're doing the best we can at the time, um, and we're wondering, is anybody listening too often? But it's when we hear our children telling their children or other people things that you have poured into them that you think, yeah, maybe, just maybe, we're doing something right. Um, just recently, I heard one of my boys um, say that he was trying to instill in his son um, that to remember who you are and whose you are as you get out and about. Um, recently, I, I heard another one of my children saying to, to another kid um, that um, we do not compare ourselves to ourselves. Um, that's not wise. Because you know, kids growing up, they want to do what everybody else is doing. Um, and so those are some things that, um, that I think are very needful and um, to instill in our children as Christian parents that we have a responsibility, first of all, to God, to raise them according to the Word of God. I know that I've told my kids over the years that you don't have to agree with everything I say. That's okay. Um, but I have a responsibility before the Lord to raise you according to his word as best I understand and as best I know how. And it's okay for you to question it um, because there's a lot of times the Lord tells me to do things that I really don't want to do. So I do understand that. But when we get to, when we get to the final settlement of it, though, um, he is the authority. And as parents, we are the authority. And I think to to help our kids understand that you don't always have to agree. Um, and um, moms do really shape our society. Uh, I was thinking, and just recently, listened to an old song by Glenn Campbell that um, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And the day that we live in it is very important that women take the responsibility before God very seriously and understand that our children are on loan from Him. They're not ours. They're on loan from Him. And we need to be good stewards of what we pour into Him for His glory and um, to make sure more than anything else that they know who Jesus is. Times looking back when I was so afraid, and then you come 
for the handheld I'm sorry so um, happy Mother's Day to everyone um, I, I embarrassed my child but in that part of maybe it's not why you're a mom but you know sometimes you got to have fun um, and I'm doing it again but again happy Mother's Day to everyone um, while we were doing praise and worship I don't know about you guys but I noticed a theme in the songs about love never fails I'm not going to give up on you um, and I believe that that is one of God's greatest characteristics, but it's the one thing that he's passed down to mothers. Um, you know, those of you that know my history know that me and my mother don't have the best relationship or haven't had the best relationship over the years. But um, I'm thankful in the past couple of years um, that we are beginning to rebuild that relationship um, and the times that I might be aggravated with her or vice versa, because I know it's been as equal, um, there is that bond there um, that maybe there's a challenge um, put before you. But I've been fortunate enough uh, from my grandmother to have that love, and um, through many of you here in the church have served in a motherly figure to me. And we continue to do that to the kids that come up throughout the church. I'm telling Gretchen, you know, you're a church baby. Um, so, you know, I don't worry when she's here because I know that if she's about to, you know, do something or say something or get hurt or in danger, I know anybody, not just the moms, are going to step up and they're going to help out. And that's what we do. We work as a family. We are a church family, and I thank you. So I was, I was asked, hey, you going to do the gifts again this year? Because I did them last year. Um, so I said, sure. I like buying for people. It makes me happy. Um, and... So this, this year, we did things a little bit different. We do not have our roses, even though you all are as wonderful and would deserve a rose. And if you didn't get a rose today, then you need to tell your, your children or your spouse to stop by and go get you some flowers, okay? Um, but this, this year, we, we have a gift for all moms, and I'm going to have Gretchen come up in just a minute to hand them out. But one thing that we wanted to, to pass out to you all and as a reminder that you need to take time for yourselves you can't be pouring into everyone else and not take time to renourish yourself. Um, and that's both physically and spiritually as well. So we need to take time to ourselves. And I'm set preaching to myself right now if I had a mirror. Um, I probably would do that the, the most. That, you know, sometimes you go, 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 and you wear yourself out, and you get to a point that you're no good to yourself or to your children or to your family. And you got to take time for yourself. So as a reminder of that this year, um, you guys are going to get a little goodie bag here. And in there, you are going to find a face mask you can put on, and you can you know, relax and chill, put just some music on. You are going to find um, a soy candle that you can light and relax. Um, also, I just saw, for those of you that like crafty stuff, is when the candle's done, it makes a cute canister for like a succulent, so you can you know, reuse. Um, and then also, there's going to be two shower steamers that you can put in your shower that as you're just having your time because you know like most moms now I think I'm the one who has 
one of the younger children here, um, about the only privacy you get sometimes when you're in the bathroom. So while you're in the shower, take your shower steamer, and it's going to give you some essential oils and stuff just to help you relax and mellow out. So these are things to help you relax so you can recharge and have some time to yourself. That way you can pour into your children and into your family. So Gretchen, if you'll come on up. And as I look around, I believe that you are the only girl here that is not a mom. So it's going to be real easy for you that every girl you see gets a bag this year, okay? I'll get a bag too, but don't worry about me. Go ahead and start handing out bags to everyone. Everybody gets a bag. Now, they are different. The, the shower steamers have different scents and that sort of thing. The candles, I believe, smell just a tiny bit different. They're different designs, but... Please enjoy them, um, and again, take time for yourself this year, and happy Mother's Day from me, but from the church as a whole. Thank you.
Catching every tear as it falls I know you'll never change Even when I'm feeling far away You love me the same God, you love me the same God, you love me the same Shane, but I think I'm a little prettier than Shane is. But I'd like to tell you a little story that I read. There was a baby in heaven, and God told him, I'm going to send you to earth, and said, uh, you're going to grow and you're going to grow to be a fine man, and then you are going to do my work. And the little baby says, well, how will I eat? Who's going to help me with clothes? Who's going to take me to school? And who's going to love me? God said, I've got this all taken care of. He said, well, but what's her name? What is she? He said, when you get there, her name is Mother. So how? what a great story that is. Hallelujah. Even though, like you said, we think that we fail at times. And I always, we always kidded, like I said, with my girls. You know, I tell them, love the Lord. Put him first. And then, and I said, mind your mother and your dad. When me and Shuggy brought Sandy home, we said, what are we going to do with her? I don't know anything. And so we worked through trial and error. And if they got out of hand, I'd say, now remember, I will slap you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, we have, to, we have to stand our ground somewhere. But uh, I'm here to take your prayer request, and I would like to uh, ask you to pray a special one for my sister. She coded this morning. They brought her back, but they got her intubated, and they're going to try and fly her to Cleveland Clinic. So please pray. She tells me, I talked to her the other night, and she told me, I know where I'm going. She said, I'm not scared to die. And... But really pray for her. Her husband's supposed to have surgery tomorrow for a, a carotid artery. And he's been putting it off because of her health. So he really needs this. And uh, so I would ask that you would pray for her. Linda is her name. So do we have any requests on this side?
name is Casey, and she's desperately in need of prayer. Anyone else on this side? say Lisa is that her name Lisa okay remember Lisa Gretchen Gretchen, you did a great job. You you are definitely our anointed baby. Anybody on this side have a request? Diane. family. Anybody else? Okay, if not, uh, sister, would you lead us in prayer?
worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone, for celebrating Mother's Day, and we have, there's a few of us like me, Tracy, and two or three others that, Brother Mike, uh, that mother is already in glory, uh, but we celebrate our moms, and we love all that they did. <coughs> I won't sing, but I'll, I'll just say the words. How about that? How sweet and happy seem those days of which I dream. When memories recalls them now and then, and with that rapture sweet, my weary heart would beat if I could hear my mother pray again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mom would pray, God, look after my boys. God, take care of my boys. And then she'd go to sleep when the last one got in. When the last one got home and shut the door, then she could go to sleep. <laughs> my mother prayed at church. I, 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 I'm sorry, I begged Jennifer for this time, and, and I appreciated it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my mother would be one of the first in the altar and one of the last to leave praying. Um, some of the, our forefathers, and I don't mean this uh, slightly at, a, at all, because they were powerful, powerful people, but many of them were not educated. They didn't have a lot of the um, learning that is available and that many have today, but they knew how to pray. If I could hear my mother pray again. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. 
almost too much. <laughs> Amen. So today, again, hello, welcome, Mother's Day. If you're watching, hello, welcome. Glad to see you. Glad you can see us if you're watching. If you don't normally come and you'd like to watch us, <laughs> churchofgodcornelius.org, yes, yeah, tune in. So we have been talking about defeating the purpose, and the last purpose defeater was ignorance. To avoid ignorance, we need to ask ourselves, are we serving God according to tradition or truth? And we can hear things that sound really good, and I, I think of things that I have said before, and, and that's a mark I've heard, that's a mark of maturity, that you can think about what you used to believe or the way you used to see things and and realize that through God's Word, learning more and more has changed you and that you can accept that and say, okay, I used to think this way, but now. <laughs> are we... Are we learning according to tradition or truth? The second thing, how well do we know Him? We know what we think about Him. We know what society says about Him. But how well do we personally know the Lord? How well do we know who He is calling us to be? And the third thing, are we mocking, patronizing, or cleaving? So when we hear who Jesus is, when we hear about the Lord, are we mocking and saying, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Are we patronizing? Oh, maybe later. Maybe one day I'll serve God, but not right now. Or are we cleaving? Are we sticking to him like glue? Today we discuss something important to all of us, and that is our identity. In a, a post that I recently read, um, Katya Adams, she's a, a pastor in Boston. And she was talking about identity, and she posted that... Psychologists have discovered more recently that our behavior is not merely rooted in our desires, but it is primarily rooted in our understanding of our identity. The reason that we act the way that we do, the reason that we do things, is not just because of the way that we feel the things that we want, but it is how we feel about ourselves, how we see ourselves. I'm going to do this because I value myself, or I'm going to do this because I do not value myself. Now, we knew this before scientists did, because God's Word makes it clear. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If a person believes that he is made in the image of God, if a person believes that that they are valuable to God, then they will not allow certain things to be tolerated. And no, I'm not going to put up with this because I know that I'm a child of God. No, I'm not going to go to this place or subject myself to this or this because I know I'm a child of God. So to overcome this type of behavior, I cannot simply change my desires. I must understand who I am in Christ it is difficult to follow purpose if I do not know who I am. This is a major way that the enemy attacks people today, causing an identity crisis. Doctors believe, and there's no way to really know because babies are babies and they can't tell you what they're feeling, but doctors believe that the reason that babies cry 
when they have to be separated from their mom is because at that stage, at that age, they do not know a separate identity. They do not know themselves without the parent. So if I am separated from my parent, do I even exist? And they begin to cry. They begin to begin to worry. When I don't see this person, do I, am I even real? And I, re- I think that, I believe that, if we can find our identity in Christ, that if we can know who we are in God, that we can get to that point that I don't even know who I am without Him. That I have found myself in Him to the point that I don't even know who I am, who I can be without Him. So, we're going to take a look in Isaiah chapter 51. The prophet Isaiah was called to prophesy to the nation of Judah primarily. Also, he, he did speak to Israel. And he had spoken of the harsh realities which were going to face them if they refused to turn to Yahweh. He prophesied the destruction and the exile and the humiliation. In chapters 1 through 39, this is the warning of Isaiah, the things that that he's telling them will happen to them because of their sin. But there is restoration to come in chapters 40 through 66. This section is known as the book of comfort. In Isaiah 51, we're just going to be taking a look at verses 1 through 3 today. Now, if you if you want to read the entire chapter, you know I encourage you guys to do that, to, to know within context, you know, read the chapter before, read the, the rest of this chapter. But for today, we're going to take a look at 1 through 3. It says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, Ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and voice of melody. So the very first thing that Isaiah hears from the Lord to speak to the the children of Israel, the, the nation of Judah, is the Shema. This word hearken is Shema, which we know is in Deuteronomy, I believe it's 6 and 8, that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So once they heard this, this would have been an encouragement to them. First thing, first word. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Yahweh is one. What God is about to say to you is true. It will not fail. It cannot pass. What God is about to speak into your life, He will perform because He is Yahweh. He is I Am. He is the one who will covenant to be anything that you need. So hear, Israel, hearken. Those who are true and faithful to Yahweh would have recognized this word as a reminder of who Yahweh is and has covenanted to be. 
He said, those who are righteous and seek Yahweh. Those of you who are righteous and who seek him, look. He said, first listen, hearken, but then look to the rock from which you are hewn. This word hewn means to cut or to quarry. And this we see with conjunction of the, the two verses. It's talking about Abraham, the foundation of the family of faith. He said, you know, right now you're going through it. Right now you're in the midst of struggle. Well, actually, he had prophesied they hadn't even gotten through the bad parts yet. He said, you're going to go through bad parts, but then understand that, that comfort is coming. So he said, after you go through the bad I want you to come back to this. I want you to come back to this word and listen. I want you to understand that Yahweh has promised that after all the bad stuff, and, and you brought it on yourself, but after all that bad stuff, there will be comfort at the end. And he said, understand that you need to look back at Abraham. You came from this family. You came from the family of the faithful. And he said, look to the hole of the pit from whence they had been dug, pick, picked out, referring to Sarah, who had birthed the child of promise, and with him the promise of many nations. He said, Abraham, you need to look back at him because he was called. This word means to be addressed by name. He was blessed. This was to kneel, to praise, or to salute. And it was an act of adoration that when we bless the Lord, it's an act of adoration, but also within that word, it is a vice versa. So when God blesses us, it's an act of adoration on his part. He's saying, I adore you, and therefore you will be blessed. And he increased him. Increased your meaning to make great or to enlarge. He said, the Lord will comfort Zion. Zion was that prophetic name of Israel. He said, There's, you're going to go through stuff. Okay, I've told you from chapters 1 through 39 the stuff that you're going to go through. The bad that you're going to experience. Again, it's your own fault. I've told you not to do it. I've told you to turn away, but you're not listening. So you will go through destruction based on what you've done. But there will be a comfort. And when the time comes... You'll be Zion. You'll be the prophetic name. You will be turned to a place of glory. You will no longer be separated. It will not be Israel and Judah as two separate nations, but you will together be Zion. He said he promised to comfort, the word meaning pity or console. In the, in the Hebrew, there's an implication of a deep sigh. He promises to comfort the waste places, waste places, ruined, drought, decayed. And he would make the wilderness like the Garden of Eden, which was lush and fruitful. They had only ever heard of the Garden of Eden, but he said there will come a time that the stuff, the destruction, the mess of your life will be turned into the beauty of Eden, something lush and fruitful. And that your desert would be like a garden. Desert here means sterile. The things that you cannot get to grow. 
the places that there is no growth, that you can't see any work being put out, will be like a garden protected of Yahweh. And within the walls will be joy, cheerfulness or rejoicing, gladness, thanksgiving. This word means the extension of the hand, adoration, a choir of worshipers, a sacrifice of praise. So within you, O Zion, will be a choir of worshipers and a sacrifice of praise, and there would be melody or singing. So when it's difficult to believe, Isaiah was speaking these promises way in advance. Again, way in advance of their destruction as well. The fall of the northern kingdom had taken place, and those in Judah had witnessed it. The, the people of the northern kingdom in Isaiah, uh, excuse me, in Israel, they had been taken away by the Assyrians. And those in Judah would have seen the destruction, but still they wouldn't listen. <clears throat> Bless it. When those who see, <laughs> don't you hate that? When you tell people, it's going to be bad, you need to, you need to do right. And they will not learn from anyone else's mistakes. Bless it. But they had seen, they had seen the destruction. They had seen that all the nation of Israel was taken away to another land to be captives, to be slaves. And they still wouldn't listen. Y'all, you need to listen to your mamas. And, and when they tell you, don't do something. And I know this because I've been through it. Y'all need to stop being dumb. Yeah, because they know. They, they don't want you to get hurt. Bless it. I just changed somebody's life, y'all. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> y'all going to start listening better now, aren't you? So Isaiah foretold the same type of destruction to the southern kingdom of Judah. He said, Babylon's going to come in, and they're going to take you away, and you're going to live in captivity. But he was shown the restoration. God's chosen people would be allowed to return to their homes, and the Lord would once again prosper them. It was going to be 70 years of exile, and then they would be able to return. So when things are not falling into place the way we think that they should, discouragement seems inevitable. We think, oh, golly, this is bad. Why is it going like this? We begin to hear a voice. And we begin to question our identity. Does God really love you? Things are going wrong. Does God really love you? If you're really his child, would he allow you to go through this? What have you done wrong? Why is God ignoring you? Why has God left you? Again, on that note, the children of Israel had done wrong. They had been worshiping idols, ignoring the call of Yahweh to return to him. They had, been, uh, they had been causing injustice for for the poor, and they had been doing lots of awful things. But the issues that we face will come from various sources. There are different sources. First, our own decisions cause issue. Our own bad choices can cause us to have problems. Amen and only. Another thing is the enemy. 
attempting to steal and kill and destroy. There are some things that come on our lives and, and, you know, like, oh, the devil's attacking me. And sometimes he is, absolutely. He's trying to, and with this identity thing, if he's trying to tell you you are not who you are, that you are not a child of God, that you are not loved, that you are not chosen, that's the enemy lying to you, okay? So that is an attack of the enemy. But then there are times that life just happens. People get sick. People have accidents. That's just, it's life happening. That's not necessarily an attack of the enemy. That's not necessarily anything that you chose, but it's just things happen sometimes. And when those things happen, it is difficult. Am I really a child of God? Does God love me if I am going through this? And we wonder about our identity. We look at ourselves. How can I be in so much pain and still be loved by God? We lose sight of our purpose. Well, I can't, I can't make it if I'm hurting like this. Will God really use me after going through all this stuff? But we got to remember that the Lord never stopped loving the children of Israel. Even when they were unfaithful, he said to them, how can I forget you? He said in, a, in another chapter, a couple chapters before this, he said, even if your moms forget you, I will never forget you. He said, how can a, how can a mother forget the, the child that nurses at her breast? But even if your mama does forget you, I will not. He said, there's no way that I can. His gifts and his calling are without repentance, meaning that if, in the Greek sense, there is a call on your life, there will continue to be a call on your life until you're gone. As long as you're living and breathing, there's a purpose for your life. And you think, I've wasted time, I, I can't do it, I've wasted my life, the best years are behind me. I'm too old to do this, I'm too young to do this, but the truth is our identity is found in who Jesus has died to make us that if we accept him we have the time redeemed but if I don't know who I am it will be difficult for me to continue past the pain past the disappointment but there are a couple points today we have two Remember who you are and who you are. This is a phrase I've heard so often. I mean, I can't. I wish that I had a dollar for every single time I've heard this. That'd be great. Yeah. I've heard it so often growing up. Anytime I would leave the house, I'd hear this. Remember who you are and who you are. I say it now to the people who are leaving my house. Oh, y'all pray for Shane. Lord, help Shane right now, please. Lord help him. He had to work today. He, he gave the uh, mothers the day off, and he is at work. So bless him. Lord help him today. But I, I say that the people leaving my house, um, if y'all follow me on, on Instagram, y'all know Gracie just uh, went to the prom a couple, week, a couple weekends ago, and as I was telling her bye, I said, remember who you are and who you are. Thank you. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, you say you do. You say it. She's one of those. Uh, are, you, are you watching? Okay, I'm probably not. But she's one of those. She's like, hey, some things I just got to learn on my own. I said, that's stupid. You should not do that. That's dumb. Don't learn anything on your own. Okay, if I'm telling you, 
It's just dumb of you to try to learn it on your own. Anyway, <laughs> I just got to make my own mistakes. Don't. Okay? <laughs> Everyone else has made mistakes before you so that you can look at them and say, hey, that's a mistake. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun, y'all. <sighs> Bless us. So what does it mean? There are so many aspects of this, so many different parts of this warning. We'll take a look at it in our points today. First, remember who you are. If I don't know who I am, it's going to be tough for me to remember. But like that child that cries when, when their parent leaves them, my identity has to be wrapped up in who my parent, who my heavenly father is. I have to be able to look at that person, to look at my Heavenly Father and say, I can't tell a difference between me and you. I can't tell where you begin and I end because I'm so wrapped up in you, God. I, I have to be, you have to be part of my life and I have to be part of what you're doing because I, I just, I have to have my identity with you. So remember who you are. Isaiah said to them, listen. Hearken, Shema, you who run after righteousness and search out through worship and prayer. That is who you are, a follower and a worshiper of Yahweh. He said, you who follow after righteousness and seek the Lord. Seek means to search out through worship and prayer. He's, if, you're, if you're looking after righteousness, if you're searching out God through worship and prayer, that's who you are, a follower, a worshiper. He said, look to the rock or look to the pit. Isaiah, of course, is reminding the children of Israel of their heritage. Their heritage of Abraham and Sarah. How many nations had derived their origins from Abraham and Sarah? Two people who seemed unlikely to have children at that time. It's a reminder that big promises derive from small beginnings. Saying, look back at those two people who messed up, who tried to do it their own way, but who had a promise and kept believing in that promise. Look back on those two people and you'll see who you are. That's the rock from whence you came. That's the, the place from which you were hewn. That uh, just a little bit of faith will get you to the point of great Growth. He said, look to the rock. Rock meaning refuge and strength. Some of us have that heritage. Some of us have a heritage that we are able to reflect on who we are based on the faithfulness of those who came before us. There are some of us who have a positive spiritual legacy. On both sides, I'm a third generation follower of Christ my mother my grandmother my father my grandmother I, I don't know beyond that but I know I'm a third generation Christ follower but that may not be everybody's story I'm thankful someone I don't, years and years ago said to me you are standing on the shoulders of a generational blessing and I believe that 
that because of the prayers that were prayed over my grandparents, my parents prayed over me, that that is the reason that I'm in the place that I am. But, so if that's the rock from which you were hewn, I can look back on that and say, I have a legacy of following the Lord. I have a legacy of belief and faith and trust in God. And I can look back on that. If I don't know my identity yet, if I don't know who I am or if I forget it, I can look back on that and say, I know. I know that there were people praying for me and that's why I am where I am. But then he says, look to the pit. This word pit means dungeon or prison. Look to the pit from whence you were picked out. For some of us, the identity is muddled by your past. The prison that you found yourself in. But the Lord is reminding you today that you were picked out. That you are now the beginning of a spiritual legacy. He didn't leave those people there. Okay, only remember Abraham. If, if you weren't a member of Abraham's family, then you're no good and, and you're not worth anything. If you're not a third or fourth or fifth generation believer, then you're, you're not good and you're not worth anything. See, that's what the enemy would have us believe. He would have us look back on our past and the pit that we were in, the dungeon and the prison and the ways that we were locked up and say, you can't be anything. You got in there yourself or you got in there because of family habits or you got in there because of a, a generational curse and, and there's no way you can get out of that. But Yahweh said to Isaiah, tell my people, look back at where you came from. You may have been a rock, but you may have been a pit. And if you were in the pit, remember that you were picked out. That God looked down and he saw into this pit and he said, that one right there, that's who I want. I'm going to pick that person out and I'm going I'm to clean them up. And they're going to start walking correctly. And they're going to do right. And they're going to be the beginning. Because there has to be a beginning. They're, go they're going to be the beginning of a generational blessing. And their children are going to be able to look back at them and say, I know where I came from. And then their, their children and their children. I'm the beginning of a generational blessing. That's my identity. So remember who you are. And then remember whose you are. You belong to the one who calls you by name. Who said, I will never forget you. He said, I wrote your name on my hand. How can I forget you? Y'all might hear that again. Y'all come on back and listen. It won't be next week, but it, he said, I can't forget you. Your name is written on my hand. He calls you by name. He blesses you because he adores you. Not because of anything you've done, not because you deserve it, but he blesses you because he adores you. And he increases anything that has to do with you. We are children of a father who has promised to comfort your waste places and wilderness spaces. I belong to the one 
who makes my fruitless ground become like Eden. That when I look at my life and how dry and barren and sterile it was, and I think, God, how did you do this? How did you make something out of this? The God who turns something into nothing. The God, we sing that song, who, who, a God who turns graves into gardens, a God who changes our ashes for beauty. God, how did you do that? That's whose we are. That's who we belong to. We belong to one who will fill us with joy and gladness and thanksgiving and songs. Your identity is a beloved child of God. Even if, my, just like uh, David said in, in Psalm 27, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Because I cannot follow purpose. I will not follow purpose if I don't know who I am. If my identity is muddled, if I'm listening to the enemy tell me who I am, and all he can speak is lies, if I'm listening to this, I will not follow through with God's plan and purpose for me. So remember where you came from. If it was a firm foundation, thank you, Lord, for legacy. If it was a dungeon, thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Today we must remember who we are and whose we are. Made it purposely so that we could get out to eat. But I do want to take time to pray. So as the music plays, as the music plays and we think about who God has made us to be, if you're living, if you're breathing right now, your life has purpose. If you have not yet discovered and you're still on that journey of self-discovery, I want to tell you right now, I'll tell you who you are. You're, you belong to the Lord. You're called and chosen, loved and desired by Him. That's who you are. So regardless of any other thing that you wonder about, that you're trying to figure out, God loves you and He wants you to be His. So as we pray today, I just pray that you would be reminded, if you don't know today, you can know who you belong to and who you are in Him. And if you do know, then that you'll be reminded. Heavenly Father, we thank You. Father, You are good. You are great. You are mighty and strong. You're full of grace and mercy. Father, I thank you and I praise you. Father, I thank you that you called us out and that you call us by name. God, it's not just a blanket statement of come to me, but you say our name. You call us who we are. Not who we have been, but who you know we were created to be. God, you call us loved, and you call us chosen, and you call us healed, and you call us restored, and you call us whole. I thank you, Father, that you alone know our identity. And Father, we pray that it gets so wrapped up in you that who we are becomes so much a part 
of who we have found ourselves to be through your word and through prayer. Father, reveal it to us. Father, I pray for each person today, for those of us who have lived under legacy, who have known about you from an early age. I thank you, God. That's a blessing. It's such a blessing that I was taught about you from before I was born. I'm thankful, God. It's only because of your grace and your mercy on me that that's been the case. I thank you. But God, I understand that doesn't make me better or more susceptible to calling than a person who had to be dug from the pit. God, I pray for those who feel like they're in that place, who feel like, how could God use me after all I've been through? How can God choose me when I'm stuck in this place? God, I pray for those people right now, if they're here or if they're watching, I pray that you would just go to the edge of that pit and lift them out right now. Father, that you would clean them up yourself, that you would help them to understand that you want them, that you've created them, that there's a purpose for their lives. I pray that you would wrap your arms around each person right now who is struggling with their identity, who is wondering, who am I? Father, this is so important. This is so important to our purpose because I know each one of us has one. Each one of us has a calling on our lives. Each one of us has people that we can reach, but we can only do it if we know that we belong to you, that we see our value in you, that to you we are a child and loved and known. Father, your will be done in each and every life. Just begin to heal wounds right now. Begin to comfort your people. God, I pray that those waste places, those places that are deserts, that are sterile, that we've thought there's no way God can do anything with this, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the flood of your Holy Spirit would just water that ground, that you would plant within each of us the word, the truth of who you are, and God, that we would see it grow within us, that there would be exponential growth for each person who's here and who's watching. God, we ask your will be done in each life. And Father, that your word would sink deep, that we would be reminded of these things tomorrow and the next day and a week and a month and a year from now that we would look back on this and say, I know who I am. I know the rock from whence I was hewn. I know the pit from whence I was dug. I know I belong to God. God, we ask you for your help and your strength today. We thank you. We praise you. We praise you for the mothers that were godly and righteous and helpful in our lives. And God, for those who didn't have that, we thank you that even if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. And today we say over your people, May Yahweh show his adoration for you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you and may he this day and every day give you his peace in Jesus' name.